You're listening to the Grieving Mamas Club podcast, a space for moms who are on the wild ride of motherhood while navigating their grief journey. Here are your hosts. I'm Rashida, a motherless mom of a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Yep, that is two under four. And I'm Kara, a motherless mom with a three-year-old, an angel baby, and one on the way. Let's dig in. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode, wait for it, 25 of the Greeting Moments Club. (laughs) To be honest, Kara and I are probably... For every episode here on out, we're going to make a big deal about it for some strange reason. Like we got at 24, we were like, is it 24? It's still 24. Every episode when you say it, I'm like, it's 20, whatever. I just get like my best. Yes. Oh, like, yes, stop. girl. Yes. A coworker today was listening to, she started from the beginning and listening to the podcast. And she was like, I listened to your story the other day and bald. And I was oh. like, I probably should go back and listen to my own story because at this point, it's almost a year since we actually started recording, Kara. Like we met, remember we got back together in July and we were like, are we going to do this? Yeah. And we started in August. What? Oh my God. Yeah. And but we just didn't, re- we didn't like actually launch until our October. Yeah. Pretty much. Like yeah. your birthday week. Yeah. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So this episode, guys, we're really excited. I don't know if you've been tired of just listening to only Kara and I year around this whole year, but we are welcoming a guest back to the virtual podcast chair. Yeah. Like I said, for the first first time this year, it's just been the Kara and Rashida show, which I guess it has, aka the Grooving Mamas Club podcast. Well, then we've, the Karen Rashida we've had a lot show. of shit going on. So yeah. I mean, there's no shortage of topics to cover between the two of us. But yes, so thrilled so thrilled to have this guest on yeah we are super excited to welcome to the guest chair meredith shelley she is a hashtag friend of the show she is has been listening to our podcast i think from the beginning i believe and she is going to be talking to us today about it's a new topic that karen i actually don't have a lot of, I guess, expertise in. That sounds weird to say about grief, but she's going to be talking to us about sibling loss, specifically losing a sibling to suicide. And if that didn't seem like enough of a shit pie for you guys, she was also diagnosed with a rare form of cancer soon after her brother committed suicide. So there is a lot here to cover. Oh, and to mention, she also is a new mama. So a lot to cover here, a lot for us to to dive into, but I really think this is going to be a good episode for lots of things. So with that, welcome, Meredith. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And I guess, you know, anytime we say things like, oh, happy, it's like, well, it's a grief podcast. So am I? I might cry. I don't know. Oh, um, yeah. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I cry like every episode. <laughs> But I am happy to be here and talking about this. I'll dive into my story. But first, I just want to say that I haven't talked about it a lot. Um, I have never talked about it in a in a public way like this. And you guys are just so brave for doing it all the time, <laughs> the way you do. And I want to say thank you. And I, I probably speak for a lot of listeners who don't talk about it. Kind of they're in my boat, you know, and just the fact that you have this like thing that can be very sad at the forefront of your brain, like all the time, that's probably hard for you. 
And I want to say thank you for that because I can't do it. You can't <laughs> and I hear cry. <laughs> you gave me goosebumps. It's, it's really important for people like me to have people like you talking about it all the time when we're just like absorbing and listening <laughs> and like feeling our feels in silence. But you're there at the forefront. So yeah, here I am now to do my part. <laughs> and I feel good about that. I hope that some people can, you know, I don't, I don't think my story is like inspirational, so to speak. Maybe to some people it will be, or maybe to some people just be like, they'll find commonality that they didn't know they had, or... If anything, Marriott, they'll find it to be relatable and Mm -hmm. relatable grief. It like, it really kind of helps, you know, just to hear the same. So like, oh, you lost your mom. I lost my mom too. And so it just like, it's an instant connection. So like, with us, yeah. while we have not lost our siblings, nor we've been diagnosed with, with a rare form of cancer or anything like that, like we are still all that we are still tied together through, unfortunately, through grief. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you, absolutely. You are so brave for coming on here and sharing your story. Thank you so much. Well, thanks. Yeah. You're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm like beaming. My cheeks are going to hurt. Because I, I, I do, I feel like, and Karen and I will say this all the time. I think we were having one of these moments when you first slid into our DMs to tell us like, I'm a listener. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's like we, I love Kara. Kara loves me. <laughs> so we, we love talking to each other. Always have. Like it was like that from the moment we met. Like we love talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think we can get lost in the like vacuum of just like us being two friends who are talking that sometimes we're like, are we actually making a difference to anyone? Like, yeah. is, helping, is this helping anyone or are we just two friends talking? And so it's just nice to hear that we are helping someone. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and you know, you've really kind of settled into this like niche that I didn't even really know existed until I became a mom over a year ago now. Like grief was hard before, but there is something about motherhood that just makes it harder for all different reasons. You know, for you two losing your moms and then becoming a mom, like I can imagine that's been really difficult as you've shared in your stories. For me, losing a sibling and then becoming a mom, it's helped me really develop this new level of empathy with my parents Mm -hmm. that like losing a child is just unimaginable and that knowing that they went through that you know in the way that they did it's like yeah we we have processed it in different ways me and them and I haven't always agreed with the every single way they've processed it but now I'm just like they can do whatever they want. (laughs) They've lost a child. Like, who am I to say that their way is bad or good or that my way is bad or good or anyone's way of processing grief? So yeah, it's hard. It also brings this new fear. You know, I think it was a couple episodes ago, Rashida, you mentioned like this fear. You kind of went down into the weeds and mentioned this fear of like, what if my kids lose me? You, that you felt since you lost your mom so young and it's like oh shit we're going there no let, let's not go there and you can't <laughs> and so I can't go there you know 
with being a mother now and like imagining going through what my parents went through, I just like don't go there because I'm like, okay, we're getting too sad now. And but it's yeah, that level of empathy has increased like just so much and it's made it hard too. But yeah, okay, I can actually get into my story now. Yeah, please. Yeah. I was like, you've already said you've already said some like amazing quotable shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, so so tell so please dive into your your grief journey. Okay. Um, Yeah. Well it's been over ten years now, ten and a half years, I guess. My brother and I were both in our early twenties when he died. We were both in college, different colleges, both far away, several states away from home on opposite sides of home. So, you know, I don't know. I, when I think about like telling my story so much, I focus on that first like week, <laughs> that first couple days, honestly, it just kind of sticks with you. But, you know, I got the, I was like on campus, like five o'clock in the afternoon. I, I got a call from, my parents and I was working. And so I missed it. And then I got, you know, this like cryptic text that was like, call us when you can, you know, urgent, something like that. And I was like, that's really weird. And you know how you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach? Like, this is going to be bad. I didn't know how bad I just, and then, you know, when I called back and it was like both my parents on the phone and that was really weird. And then, you know, obviously the news came and I just like crumpled to the ground. And then I had to fly to where he had been from where I was. And then we all, everyone like met there. And then we had to, you know, we did some stuff there where he was living. And then we came back home and did the rest here. But like talking about empathy the way I was, like just remembering that flight to go like see my family where he was like just being so sad and just like being in the throes of very new grief and then having to just like live your life and go do something as normal as like getting on an airplane Mm -hmm. and just like seeing all those people around you like going on vacation Mm -hmm. and uh, you know you just have this feeling of like they don't know what I'm going through Mm -hmm. and it's hard because like your world stopped, but you can yeah. physically see that the world didn't. Like, yeah, that the, everybody else is going on their merry little ways. Yeah. And it's like this, it's not fair. It's like this mm-hmm. anger settles in. So, you know, going through something like that then makes you think, well, you never know what anyone's dealing with right. at any moment. And I guess that's something I learned the hard way at a young age. Um, you know, I was 21. So, But then, you know, those are kind of, that's kind of what happened. And then it was just really sad. And then I had to go back to school. (laughs) I was a senior in college, you know, I. Did you only, sorry to um, interrupt. Was it just you and your brother? Just two siblings? No, we have other younger siblings too. Okay. But we were the oldest. And so, and the others were are quite a bit younger. So okay. I'm not like resenting this at all, but I will say a lot of the like emotional responsibility seemed to fall to me, both to kind of support my parents, you know, help plan everything and just like kind of hold the family together a little bit. That's always kind of been my role in like a weird way. 
Well, as the oldest, I feel like as a female, unfortunately, like, and then, and then also as the oldest, that responsibility just naturally, we take that on naturally. Yeah. The, this is going to sound really lame, but you know, the, from the movie Encanto, the song Surface Pressure. Uh huh. It's this, like, I relate. Yeah. I relate to a level. Like, it's embarrassing, but just that if you look at the lyric, like the stuff oh, I talked about, I'm familiar. You are. I'm singing it all the time. She was singing it before we got on here. I was just singing it before we got on here. So my four year old is absolutely obsessed with Mincanto. We just got back from vacation, hence my beachy, beachy look. My glow. I've been sun kissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just got back. But it's a 10 hour drive and we watched and or listened to Encanto no less than three or four times on the Ooh. way there or on the way back. On the way back. That's a lot. On the way there. That's a lot. Yes. Also, also, he got a microphone for Christmas that Bluetooth, like it Bluetooth speakers. Mm-hmm. We're trying to lessen the iPad usage. Mm. Uh huh. So he, before I got on this call, was just blasting Encanto around the house and singing. Hold on. So back to you, Meredith. <laughs> well, yeah. The, you know, the popularity of it notwithstanding, I relate to that, the layer, I don't know, just the the idea of that pressure of like holding the family together and that mm-hmm. if you fall apart, everything will fall apart. And like I said, I don't resent it. You know, it, I took it upon myself as much as it was thrown upon me. But like, you know, that's kind of the role I fell into and then kind of have ever since, I would say. Yeah, it was it was really hard at the time. I didn't really talk about it a lot. I, st- I tried to talk about it. And I don't know, Rashida, maybe you have some similar experiences here because you also experienced grief at a very young age. It was really hard to connect with my peers about this um it just i became a bummer <laughs> and yeah you know but at the same time it was like that is your life when you're going through grief so you know like at the beginning so i just felt this disconnection with people over it i i was really angry that you know my senior year of college this is what was now dominating my life. And I'm not saying my coping mechanisms are healthy at all, but kind of pushing it down was how I dealt with it. And just like fighting through this attitude of like resilience, you know, of like, this is shit, but I'm not going to let the shit control my life, you know. But at the same time, it's like living with you all the time. And then here's the other thing, of course, is that you mentioned that I got sick shortly thereafter. So Almost exactly one month after my brother died, I got, I was having these like weird pains in my abdomen and, you know, they say, well, you never know. It could be like appendicitis or something. You should go get it checked out. Mm -hmm. And I did, and they weren't really sure what was going on. Eventually, long story short, they found a tumor in my appendix area. And this was like a month out. Yeah, exactly. A month after And I was just like, I mean, come on, universe. (laughs) Yeah, right. You're like, um, I I just went through losing my sibling and having mm -hmm. to shoulder all of this responsibility. 
Yeah. Now, now I have to do, and like, you're probably already thinking like, oh shit, what if I die? My parents, my siblings, they're all going to have to go through this. Like I just watched them go through this with my brother and now, oh, I know. I mean, I'm yeah. probably jumping ahead a little bit, but sorry, but no, I mean, that's... like, these are like all the things that like start probably yeah. start rushing to your head. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Man. There was this very real like survival mode that kicked in that I'm sure would have been there anyway, but it like, it had a new meaning. Mm-hmm. For the reasons you just said. And then what the real problem with it was that it like totally just derailed our grief process, like me and everyone in my family, because all of a sudden we had to like, you know, stop grieving in a normal way and focus on this and like focus on me getting better. And, you know, it's just so many things that go into that logistically. It was like, well, I already missed you know, a week or two of school when my brother died and all that. And now this. So I did kind of the same thing that I did with my grief, which was I just like dug in my heels and was like, I'm not going to let this control my life. Mm -hmm. And I just like seethed in the anger at the universe. And I just, I, I had to get a couple surgeries. I ended up missing probably a month of school, but I was like, fuck this. I'm going to graduate on time. I am not going to like, you know, it was really hard, but I just, I didn't know what else to do. I just felt like I couldn't give up. It was like fight or flight or something. And I was like punching at the world. So yeah, I did. I graduated on time. I continued on with my life even though I was like miserably depressed the whole mm-hmm. time I can only imagine I that Kara and I have talked about this before but I feel like and my mom's been gone for I'm coming up on 17 years I feel like talking about grief and mental health and all of those things is just now popular mm-hmm. so like just now is it not taboo to be like I'm not okay mm-hmm. like I am not okay. I feel like when my mom passed away, like I was praised for being quote unquote strong. And so like, I, I yeah. was like, okay, well, that's, that's the only choice I have. I mean, it is, it really was the only choice I had. Right. But like, I, when you get praised for it, it like forces you to put, like take your feelings and push them down even more. And that's a detriment to you. Right. Like you're not, you're not as, Karen, I will say on here, you have to feel your feels. And if you're not doing that, you're not, you're just prolonging, as I did, you're prolonging the process. You are. And I still have trouble feeling my feels because that just felt like, you know, yeah, there's a lot of therapy that (laughs) needs to like still happen. It's a flippery slope. Like there are the episode that Karen and I recorded last that will come out before this. We talk about coping uh, with our triggers and like, what are the things mm. we do? And I was like, oh, when I'm triggered, sometimes I just drive right into like, I just go for it. Like, I'm like, I am already triggered. Yeah, this is I wild to me. To, yeah. I'm going to, hang on. I, I am going to just like purposefully release the floodgates. So I'm purposely, yeah, just to drive straight into the grief wall and feel all those feels because the only way to is through. And the, the faster I can feel them, I guess, be like, the faster I did get over them, I yeah, it's weird. Yeah, you know, teach their own. I guess it's like that's what that's what you have learned that helps you, Rashida. You know, like mm-hmm. so that's that's good. You know, Meredith, can I ask what what is like what is your, what was your di- cancer diagnosis? 
As not a medical professional, I don't want to say too much about it because okay. I, I, no, I will give you like the general, but don't ask me too many questions because I will probably get it embarrassingly wrong, even yeah. though it is like <laughs> my own, you know, my own situation. It's still like not my area, but yeah, it was a rare type of tumor. I thought I had maybe appendicitis, like I was having this pain. It wasn't like extreme, but it was there. And so they did like a CT scan. And they found something like a blip in there. And they were like, we don't know what it is, but you don't need your appendix. So let's take it out. So they took out my appendix, you know, and I thought, okay, and that's that. (laughs) Went on, lived my life. I'm still so mad about this next part. I went in for my follow-up appointment and the doctor was like, I was like, okay, you know, good. Hi, bye. And he's like, no, so actually you have cancer. (laughs) And I was just me by myself, like a 21 year old going into the appointment. And I was like, do they not warn people that there's going to be bad news? (laughs) Like my friend could have come with me or something. All right. I have to drive myself home now. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's so mad. I don't know if that was like protocol or not, but that's how it went down. And then I, I just remember walking back to my car and like sitting in the parking lot and just being, well, like bawling and just feeling so like broken. I was like, mm-hmm. why am I just being beaten when I'm down? You know, because like I said, it was only a month after my brother died and it just felt like some sick joke, (laughs) like, um, you know, and I think lots of people have compounding grief for various things, you know, like one death and then another death. I think you've had someone on here talk about that even. But, you know, it just feels like too much to bear. So, you know, then I made the calls and had the rest of my treatment and everything done back home, you know, during like winter break, basically, and then missed a few more weeks. And I had to have, I had to have another surgery, remove a bunch of my colon and stuff. But yeah, I was really mad about it at the time, like I'm saying, but something that I mentioned in my original DM to you (laughs) was that like, in reflection now, years later, maybe they were connected in some way. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it was like one bad thing after another, but what if my brother's, you know, my brother being up wherever had something to do, like maybe the universe was looking out for me type Mm -hmm. of thing. And I know you guys have talked about spirituality a little bit and Kara, you're more into it and you've talked and I don't, I respect that so much. (laughs) I I have my own complicated background with spirituality. And so for me, I'm a lot more skeptical in general. So for me to come around to this idea is like, it's like, okay, maybe. Like, why not? It it makes me feel like, I don't know, but it, it just feels like a sign that's too big to miss. Like, you can't really disagree with it. Like, mm-hmm. I was told that the finding of this cancer was like highly unusual. Most people don't have any symptoms. Oh, wow. Um, and it's a slow growing thing that so it could have been growing in you until it was like far too late. 
that's usually apparently what happens. Like it's only a small percentage of people that have any symptoms until much later. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that I like felt this pain, you know, the fact that I like felt like I had to go to the hospital for it, even though it was kind of against my better judgment, it could have been a stomach ache. Like, I don't know, just like all those things. And I was like, yeah, it was shitty that it happened so soon after he died. But like, what if he, you know, was moving that, moving the pieces for me, you know? So yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, it gives me a lot of like solace to think that, you know, he saved my life in that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I wonder if that, do you feel like it that ever gives you really complicated feelings about it though, right? Because like (laughs) you're like, I didn't like, thanks for dying like you know like it's a weird like I have this feeling a lot with Mm -hmm. my life now like I would do all of the pain I've said this before like I would do all of the pain and I would lose my mom 20 times over again sorry mom love you but I would lose her 20 times over again if it got me Diamond Parker I would move heaven and earth to get me to Diamond Parker and so it's like that's complicated though like that is a complicated way to feel right yeah, it's I know. Yeah. So I want to ask about, so obviously you lost your brother to suicide. Mm-hmm. This is something I haven't talked about a lot on the show. I think I like barely hit it on my episode where I talk about kind of my intro with grief. Like I lost my best friend a year after my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. Um to suicide and my mom and her were very close. So there's a lot of, I think, I think for a lot of reasons, I haven't talked a lot about Alex because that grief was so wrapped up in to the grief of losing my mom, I guess. And yeah. I had so many things I had to deal with after that, that I couldn't, I couldn't quite unpack that one yet. What were your like initial, I, 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 initially you're angry, right? Mm-hmm. Like initially you're like, I, and I also think back then, Again, we weren't talking about mental health the way that we are talking about it now. And so yeah. you you see you hear somebody commit suicide. And I my initial thought back then would have been like, that's selfish. But now I'm like, that person was hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's yeah, I mean, oh, the feelings are so complicated for multiple reasons. I mean, it's complicated anytime there's a sudden death, I think. That's a lot sure. Especially in the early phases of grief, I think it it can manifest differently than someone who has a lot of time to prepare for someone's death, maybe. I don't know. Not that it's different for everybody anyway, so who knows. Yeah. But like a sudden death. And for in my case, it was very sudden. Like there was no really attempts before this, you know, or anything like that. Yeah. Did he show and, like any... Um, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to be upfront and honest and just ask this question because I don't have like a, maybe a direct experience with this type of loss. So Mm -hmm. if I ask something that, that you don't want to answer by all means, just say no, whatever. Anyway, Mm -hmm. do, did, did you feel like, and I'm sure this is a question you got all the time. Like, did you see any signs Did you like, I'm sure you asked yourself this question too. Did you see any signs? Like what, you know, what happened the days you talked about the week leading up to, finding out that where did you have conversations with him? Did anything seem off or weird or? Yeah, I am not really 
in that way. He was, you know, in therapy. He was in the process actually of being diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And so there was there was like mental health stuff going on, very real stuff. But no, I mean, this came as a pretty big shock, I will say. He wasn't really one to talk about his feelings in that way. I think that can happen. And not that he didn't have the opportunity. He did. I just think... Opportunity for what? To, like, you know, he was in therapy. He could have... I think there could have been times that he could have, like, expressed his need for help, but he Mm -hmm. didn't. And that's kind of the thing. I mean, that, that was part of his mental illness, though. And I think it's really interesting talking about, you know, severe mental illness the type that can lead to suicide, like it's, it's like any other illness and that it's like so different for everybody. You know, there are people who suffer with it for years and years and attempt multiple times and get better and then regress. And, you know, just like someone maybe with cancer would, and then eventually, you know, the disease wins and sometimes it's like fast and furious. And I think that was his case. And, you know, Unfortunately, it was a one fatal attempt. You know, there was no coming back from that. So that was um, how it was for for me and my friend as well. She I mean, she was a vivacious person. So like if you had known her, you you wouldn't like it, it would be hard for you. Like if I'd known her and I'd known her since I was like in kindergarten. Right. So like if somebody had told me before it happened that like Alex was going to commit suicide, I don't know. I, I would have been like, uh, get out of here. Like she was, she did have depression. I know she was medicated for depression, which come like come to find out now, like you're actually not really supposed to medicate kids under the age of 18 for depression because it can worsen their thoughts of suicide. And so she was, I mean, she was depressed and she did have really dark, dark days and she had really low self-esteem sometimes, but like you, it was never a, I never thought that it would be shoot to that extent. Right. I think sometimes yeah, people don't reach out. They suffer silently with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very complicated grieving process in that way because you're always wondering, of course, like, what could I have done? And, I mean, it's it's pointless. <laughs> like, you don't, you know, I've worked through that. Like, there's, don't, like, live thinking that constantly because you can't bring them back. And, you know, right. if you could have done something... I mean, I don't, I don't, I feel very like at peace with the fact that I was in a good place with him. Like mm-hmm. I had the best relationship with him that I could. I think my parents probably feel the same way. I don't know, but he was fiercely stubborn, fiercely independent. And he, I think at the end of the day, yeah, there were probably like medication issues, I think, because he was in like this diagnosis process that wasn't fully figured out and that definitely could have had something to do with it but like that part's just complicated too so right I don't know yeah and it's interesting bringing it a little bit back around to what you're saying about your episode before this about triggers and stuff like 
it's it one of my triggers is people I don't know if this is like the same as the type you were talking about but when people talk about suicide so lightly it really bothers me <laughs> of course like you I don't know. think that that is like an abnormal trigger for no. now and yeah. I don't I don't think like that's a respectable trigger yeah people do it all the time you know they joke like oh I'll kill myself or like you know they they're like really bored in a meeting and so they pretend to shoot themselves in the head with their finger gun you know like people do that shit right like Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. and i'm just like no stop you know and part of you is probably like oh god why like don't you know like a mm -hmm. little like cringe a little bit you know it's so cringy well and even the term like commit suicide for me i don't know for some reason i don't use that term i i don't know what do you use I usually say die by suicide because I don't know, commit. I think it's this like archaic term where it's like, oh, it's a crime that, mm-hmm. of course, you never have to do anything for. Cause, but like, yeah, I don't know. It just sounds weird to me. So I usually say he died by suicide rather than he yeah. can't suicide. Not that it's wrong or right either way, but I like that. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I feel so sad, you know. At- when I hear that someone has died by suicide, because I just, as with any death story, it kind of follows them, follows that person. It follows the family. And it just has, it just has, it's just, suicide is just such a different level of sad, you know, because you just feel like for those who are left behind, left behind, I guess they just, there, it makes them feel like like everyone has pity on them and like what you know they're all left to think about like what could we have done to save this person and the reality is nothing mm-hmm. you know maybe i don't know but like i just i just i just hate that that is and i always feel bad like whenever i hear somebody that has passed away or has died by suicide that you know, it's always like the first questions. Well, like, well, like what happened? How did it oh, happen? Know. You know? And it's just like, I always feel like icky talking about it, but it's, it, but also it's very natural human question to ask just as, as, as it is to ask how anyone died. You know what? I, it, that is, it, it, you're right, Kara. There is a, for some strange reason, there's this like icky connotation to talking about suicide. Like it's almost like the taboo, the mo- the tabooist, is death or the yeah yeah it's like the tabooiest death like it is like the like everybody like it's it's one thing to be like well my mom died of a heart attack then it is then to say like my brother died by suicide like you know like i think it has a different the reaction of the person you're telling is different I feel yeah, like. and it's, yeah. it is a strange and I do I do think I'm gonna keep saying this over and over again we've come a long way from 10 years ago mm-hmm. uh, and I do I do think like even as someone who has lost someone to suicide my understanding of it has changed right so like yeah 17 year old Rashida was like what the fuck like I my my exact words were like I I remember where I was and I can't say it all because I know we're gonna dive into this in the next episode but like my exact words were like how could she do this to me? Like, yeah, my mom just passed mm-hmm. me. Like, how could she choose this knowing what I'm going through? And how selfish of me to say that. Like, oh, yeah. right. Yeah, but I can, I can, yes. 
But, but at like, the same how selfish time, of me, like she that yeah. she was thinking. No, like, it wasn't. Was not thinking. Like no, she was she was hurting. Like yeah. she was hurting. Like there was like everyone right. who has come out. Uh, well, I am going to be a person who's living with depression the rest of my life. I've accepted that it's a personality trait. Uh, I, having same. someone who's gone through it, yeah, having someone who's gone through it, who's gone through some really low lows. Like I have talked about how I was not okay during my pregnancy with Parker and having gone through my own mental health journey and things, I see what Alex was going through in a different light. And I am like, it's rare. I feel like that someone who commits suicide does it to like get back at somebody. I don't know. Like, I feel like it is, they feel like that is their last resort. The pain is so heavy. Mm-hmm that this is the only way to make it stop. Yes. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, they say it's like, it seems like it's selfish that they would just be thinking of themselves in that moment. But I think it's just this, like they truly cannot get out of that dark place. Like they're not thinking, if, if she was thinking about you, you know, it, she wouldn't, she wouldn't, be have so, done it. she wouldn't be so deep. Like she was so deep in the darkness that she wasn't seeing anybody else, you know, yeah Mm -hmm. and yeah i think we have learned a lot about it in the years since and i'm not i'm not saying it's gotten better i think people still die this way all the time but maybe we can start talking about it without that you know heaviness you were talking about kara like this that ickiness and maybe that is a huge part of the reason why i don't really open with this when I meet people (laughs) or anything like a lot of people don't even know this about me because it's just like I don't want to go there and yeah yeah it's oral you know they'll ask things like oh how many siblings do you have and I'll Mm -hmm. I'll say and be like oh but and one of my brother like died you know and I'll like and they'll usually that's it's the end of it and it's fine and it's like a bummer for a second but then people are like okay again and we can chat and it's yeah. not like I ruined the introduction. But sometimes people, you had that episode about the worst things people say. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes people do like get really nosy. And I know it's just human curiosity, but it's like, uh, fuck off. You know, they'll ask you like, oh, how did he do it? Or like really personal thing. And I'm like, yeah. like what is your response when someone says that? Yeah. I usually just say, like, I don't want to talk about it because if I get into, like, my philosophy on it, it's like then I sound a little bit like an asshole and I'm usually not trying to give off that impression. But, like, the reality is my brother's memory deserves better than your gossip. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. 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 That's that's exactly where I was going with that. I hate that that story follows that person and then that family and then you know like I hate that like that shouldn't be that way that is yes he does it does yeah and Mm -hmm. it's not yeah it's not fair it's not right like loved that so much (laughs) (laughs) yeah yep yeah that is how I feel and so you know I think there's yeah I think it's great that we have platforms like this now though where I can talk about it. We can talk about suicide specifically and mental health. I mean, you guys talk about mental health all the time from, you know, so many perspectives. I think that's really great. Thank you. So 
Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Thank you for sharing. So how you said now being a mom, it has given you a new outlook on like maybe your parents' grief. So do you want, can you talk some more about like how your grief has manifested now in your motherhood journey? Yeah, it's, you know, it's a little hard not to go to dark places sometimes, like I said, where, you know, I'm like, oh, is this, you know, mental illness, something I could pass down to my child and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I think I have this experience and as terrible as it has been, it's like, now I have the tools to, you know, hopefully address if, if that ever is an issue with my daughter or, you know, any other children and stuff like that. But there's always, you know, it's just, it's weird. And Rashida, you've talked about this too, because like your mom died so, so many years before your like current life. And that's where I'm at too. Like I hadn't even met my husband when, you know, we met like years, three or four years after my brother died. And so obviously then like, he'll never meet my kids or like anything in, in this part of my life. And so it's weird. Like we talk about him, like he's a memory and, you know, he'll eternally be 23. And yeah. And it's just, it's kind of a weird, it's weird as you get older and, and like grief goes on and what it means. And yeah, it's like, I'm sad that my daughter won't meet her uncle and I'm trying to figure out ways to talk about him. And, you know, it's going to be dicey like explaining how he died because you don't want to scare a little kid with Mm. you know the details and I think it'll be a natural progression I'm sure it will happen in a way that seems right yeah how old is your daughter she's one yeah so So, yeah it's easy to talk about like your angel uncle or however yeah you I don't know if you say angel or or if you're there or however I haven't actually thought about what to call him yet. Yeah. We, we do angel grandma for my mom. Mm -hmm. And actually we don't talk. One day Ben will come on here and talk about producer Ben, my husband, lost his brother when Mm. Ben was nine and his brother was 16. And so I, when you said, when someone asked you how many siblings you are, like I felt Mm -hmm. that in my soul for my husband Mm -hmm. because there are were three of them right yeah Mm -hmm. i've heard him give different answers it kind of just depends and and actually sometimes i feel bad because i do feel like my my mom and my grief for my mom overshadows his sometimes like because it's like on the scale of like and again no scale but i think he's thinking like well you lost your mom so like let's focus there maybe yeah Um, maybe it's easier for him to put the focus or let you focus. Yeah. So my oldest, Dominic, actually, his middle name is Ben's brother's name. Oh, it's Samuel. And we, I did that on purpose. I love Dominic's name because of that. Like we, we tell him, which is kind of sad in retrospect. Like we'll be like, Dom, you're named after your angel uncle. And Parker, you're named after your angel grandma because death. <laughs> 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 Hashtag death. <laughs> and your mom gets on a mic every week or so and talks about death. <laughs> yeah, well, and ben, and I, ben and I jokingly, again, morbid or just awful thing, grief humor, I guess. Mm-hmm. We joke that if we had a third kid, we're out of dead relative. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we 
we like that middle that kid's middle name is going to be something so dumb or so like just ordinary like so like dumb you're named after your angel uncle Parker. you're named after your angel grandma and you kid you just got your dad's middle name or your mom's yeah. middle name. <laughs> I would say yeah, don't like, use a family name because that'll be bad luck. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, when you said that about like how many siblings you have, I felt that on a level for my husband. Because yeah, like I said, he, it depends on his, the mood almost. Like right. sometimes, sometimes he will just say two, like or my, my brother and I, my older brother and I. Oh, yeah. wow. He'll say three. My mother-in-law always says three. Mm-hmm. Um, so she will always say she's had, she had three kids. I mean, cause she did have three kids. Like she mm-hmm. physically had three kids. Right. And so I just think it's, it's, that's a hard question, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the one I get most often is just a casual, like, oh, are you the oldest? You know, and uh, like, well, now I am, but no. And so it's like, I know the oldest for 10 years, that's, but I'm you know, right. the oldest. And why is it that like when you meet, it's like, I feel like for me, like whenever I like have like these initial conversations, like something like that would come up. It's like, why you have to really, I like really grapple with like, all right, how much am I, how much does this person want to know? Like, how much do I really want to like fuck their world up right now? I know. I know. (laughs) Yes, I'm the oldest and like move on. Like, I remember like one, it was like the first Christmas after my mom died and I bought this ornament online and then I found the same ornament like at Deerberg's or something. And I was like, shit, I don't want two of the same ornaments. So I was like, I'm going to return it. I like straight up emailed this. Co- this is so weird. I straight up emailed this company and was like, hey, my mom bought me the same ornament. So I don't need this one anymore. And they were like, oh, problem. I was like, okay, mom, I just had to use you. Like this probably would have happened anyway, but like it was a weird lie. Yeah. But- that is, you could have said your dad. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> I could have said my friend. I could have said my aunt, my grandma. I mean, like literally anyone. But no, it was my mom, my dead mom. Oh my god, I didn't think of that. Like, that, that was great. It never even registered. It still to this day, two years later, it never registered. So it didn't register. Though when you first told me that story, Kara, it didn't register to me either. I was just like, "Yeah, well, she lied. She that's she did what she had to do." Yeah, she, she, Mary, was like, she lost. Yeah, it. Like, Mary, like I hate to tell you this, but like you have other people in your life. <laughs> oh wow! We could but, analyze that. I bet. Oh god! Yeah, yeah. yeah. we don't that, have enough time. But <laughs> Meredith, what I was going to say for one, you could if like one way you could talk about your brother and um, your daughter's uncle is just by calling him by his name. You know, like what I tell Ellie, like for Ellie, my mom, she just is like, we don't call her like I say, oh, yeah, Nana's an angel and she, you know, but she lives in our hearts. But I just we don't. So we could just call him uncle full brother, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, his name is, you know, uncle yeah. He lives in our heart. Uncle Dan lives in our hearts and you know, that's just where he is now. He died. And then mm-hmm. like, obviously you can approach that as it gets close, as it gets, you know, she is going to start asking questions yeah. as Rashida and I both know very well. Mm-hmm. And that sucked to have to be like, yeah, she had cancer. Like, well, it's cancer. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. All right. <laughs> you know, like trying to like yeah. break it down on a three-year-old, two and a half or three-year-old level is like, just like so hard, but you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's we, I like, I will let the moments like I don't force the moments right right like, I will let the moments happen as they happen and hope 
that they're sticking. And mm-hmm. so I will, if something reminds me of my mom that day, like Don was eating banana Laffy Taffy, the worst Laffy Taffy. Absolutely. Like, so great. Agree. Yeah. But it was my mom's favorite fucking flavor, right? And so he finds a banana Laffy Taffy in his, I don't know how long ago this was, but it might have been Easter, I don't know. Uh, and his Halloween candy from <laughs> Easter, yeah. Uh, yeah, same. He finds finds that and i was like you probably won't like this starts eating it and is like this is so good and it's like wow that's really weird but you know who else who liked that like your angel grandma loved banana laffy taffy so like i just try to bring it in when it makes sense like i don't mm-hmm. i don't force it right right I, you never know like so much of parenting in the early stages before they like have anything to give back to you so like so much of parenting is just like Almost like throwing things at the wall and being like, yes. like I hope that sticks. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like like you have in your head, like yeah, we're gonna have these traditions and we're gonna blah 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 blah. I'm like blah 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 blah. Like I'm gonna be a mom who only does this anyway. So it's so much of that. And so Dom is finally getting to an age where like he's giving back what I'm throwing at him. If that makes sense. So like we read, I have this book um, called My Mom. My mommy has a mommy too, and it is a listener of the podcast and someone who follows me on Instagram told me I should get it. Got it. It's beautiful. But it is about that, about like, um, it's a, a little ladybugs. And the mommy is talking to her daughter about her mom and how her angel, her mom has passed away and blah, blah, blah. Oh. So on Mother's Day, I read this book to both my kids because I love punishing myself. Did you get through it? I did. I did. I did. Well, actually, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't totally in the mood to read it. Parker goes to pick it out and hands it to Ben. And Ben's like, oh, I don't, I can't read this. <laughs> so I it was like, okay, pull on my fucking grief panties and let's do this. No shit. Yeah. I know. Sometimes you're just like, I don't feel like going here right now. Like, can I? I yeah. I was having a perfectly like, lovely day about me. And yes, I miss yes. you all the other times of the day in the year but like i'm having a great time and I'm now like i gotta read 19 this. mimosas deep and parker's like can you read my mommy has a mommy I'm like, <laughs> anyways so i get through the book i get through the book i am teary-eyed by the end and i say to dom and i was like you know what did i say i was like you know your angel grandma really loves you and wish she could be here with you and he said i know mom I I always look up for her and she always looks down for me. And that was the end of it. Oh my God. My so self-assured. He's just like, Yeah. Oh. Yes. Like he's like like that was the end of it. Like there was no argument that needed to be had. Like he was just like I look up for her and she looks down for me. And I was like, he's he's getting it. Do you I like did you tell him that? Like how did he come up with that? We talk a lot about his angel grandma lives in the sky. And we, he, for a while, he was like, can I take a rocket ship to get to her? And I was like, maybe may, someday, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like, it, I have to decide. And it also depends on my mood that day, like how much he's gonna, yeah. I can give him. And so like, he's aware, like he likes to look in the sky every once in a while and be like, my angel grandma's up there. I'm, and he's four. So I'm not sure if he like thinks she lives on a cloud in space. Like, I, I don't know, but he's uh-huh. like. I can't. He asked to go see her one day, and that's when the rocket ship conversation came up. And so I just think he's he gets that she's not here with us. And yeah, if you're up, you look down, and if you're down, you look up. Yeah, right. Four year old logic. Yeah, (laughs) like if she's looking down on me, clearly she's taller, and therefore I need to look up. Yeah, yeah. But it was just so matter of fact, and he was like, "Yeah, I always look up for her, and she always looks down for me." And it's it's precious. 
It is. Yeah. Meredith, so can you tell us a little bit about your brother? Yeah. It's weird. Like, it's weird because he was always my big brother. And now I'm like almost 10 years older than he was when he died, you know? Yeah. Because he was 23 when I died. I'm 32. So it's like, yeah, it's weird because in my mind, he's still bigger than me. And he's like way younger than, you know? So he was very like protective, really passionate about all the stuff he was into. You know, he was majoring in film. He had big dreams to, you know, go to Hollywood. And I think he would have. He had a lot of talent. And yeah, it's, you know, things like that that I remember. It's like, oh, talent that will never be realized. You know, yeah. that's like when someone dies too young, it's like, that's just one of those really sad things. And he was, you know, typical big brother. Like, you know, he was like mean and then nice and you know like sibling shit yeah yeah and you know it's a complicated relationship in a lot of ways too i know you had an episode on grieving a complicated relationship that i really connected with because there's a lot of times friend of the show yeah 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 episode and i know her story was different because she lost a parent but like you know it is weird to grieve a complicated relationship because you know i don't know what we would be like now Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially with all the like political divides of the last, you know, 10 years, it's like, who knows? You're different. People. Uh, You're completely different person. We are. Who you were yeah. 10 years ago. Right. And who knows? It's like, I can't speculate. But it's fun to, it's that. fun to wonder. Fun, not, I know. Oh, fun's the right word, but it's interesting it's to interesting think about. to wonder. Yeah. It is interesting yeah. to wonder. But then sometimes I'm like, well, a relationship is kind of eternally like perfect the way it was so there's a silver lining I guess but yeah and it's yeah but he was I don't know I didn't really expect this question so now I'm trying to like wrap him up in a nutshell and it's hard no I know I, think, I know I think everything you said was absolutely perfect so yeah it, and it is yeah. a tough question to it is a tough question to ask so Rashida asked me the same question after I got done telling my story about my mom and like going back and listening to the story or, or like what I what I said and like I knew I wasn't giving her justice like I didn't cover all I'm like after it's always after the fact like oh shoot I wish I would have said that like this sounds really stupid but it's like really hard to paint that picture when you're in this moment of like mm-hmm. recapping y- their death your grief like all of this dark and then you're like oh wait but I want to say I want to wrap it up in a nice little perfect bow because we have the tendency to immortalize those we've lost in like such a positive way and yeah. it's not always positive and then i'm not saying that like you're that you and your brother's relationship wasn't but i'm just saying like in general like there, i mean like let's be honest we're all human no relationship is perfect and everybody's got beef and shit with each other like no matter who it is so mm-hmm. Unless you're my perfect baby boy, Brooks, but (laughs) you know, you know, it's funny as you say that. So like my friend Meg, who lost her husband, I've talked about her a couple times in the show, but she lost her husband in 2019. So at his funeral, he, (laughs) I'm trying to like do it justice, but like Nick was an asshole, like, but he was our asshole, right? Like, so Uh he, he, he was, he was who he was. He made no apologies for who he was and you know, all of those things. And so like at his funeral, people kept being like, I'm not going to be like Nick was the sweetest guy ever. 
he wasn't. <laughs> like yeah. he was he was an asshole. Like and so I I loved that because like we we loved Nick because of that, right? Like I we didn't need anybody to paint Nick in a different light than he was, which is easy to do, right? When someone dies, just to be like, mm-hmm. and they were perfect. Like mm-hmm. nobody said that. And we were all like, and yet this room is full because we loved him. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah, it's hard to it is hard to try to put someone you love that passed away. Like it's hard to describe them and all there because humans are complicated. Yeah. They are. And it's like, you know, they lived a long life. I mean, some longer than others, but still it's like, you can't wrap that up in one sentence. No, um, no, no, not at no, all. No, no. So <sighs> Meredith, thank you. At, like so much. I can't, I know that this was a hard story to tell and I am so grateful. I know I speak for care and I, when I say I am, when I say we are so grateful that you agreed to come on the show with us and tell your story. I know we talked about when we had like a little pre-call yesterday, like you hope that this could help somebody. And it's like, that's, that's with, with this podcast, it's always like, you never know who you're touching with what. And so it's just important to tell your story. That's yeah. Exactly right. And I feel like the, the message too is like, well, it, it took me 10 years to get here. It's okay to not talk about it too. Like just to, or to wait till you're ready. I'm not saying my method of coping is always healthy or good. It's probably not. <laughs> but like, here I am, you know, telling my story now. And it, yeah, I hope that people can relate to it or at least, you know, find some sort of connection from it. And thank you for doing it, you know, every couple weeks, <laughs> nonstop, because that's where the real work is done. So thank you guys. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, well, we are, Happy to do it. <laughs> I know. It's just strange to me because I do love this podcast. Like I do, I do too. Love that mm-hmm. we do. But it's like we were dealt a shitty hand of cards. And so like we're choosing to to turn that into something that can help everybody else. This shitty hand almost. Like mm-hmm. I yeah. do love the work that we do. I love it warms my heart when people tell us they listen. And like I got a little note of pride every time you were like, oh, yeah, you guys did an episode about that mm-hmm. and in that episode you said it I'm like ah, I feel like I so like, oh my god <laughs> yeah I'm like, knowledge dropping I live yeah, yeah, I, I love it <laughs> it's, it's so awesome yeah, yeah thank you so much Meredith you're so brave for coming on and sharing your story like that it does it mm-hmm. takes some fucking tits to do that so mm-hmm. you know thank you so much for coming thank on you. sharing your story and, and one thing we didn't touch on I always want to touch on real quick is like you beat this cancer and oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's not leave the listeners with that. <laughs> yeah, that is fucking baller. That yeah. thank you. I mean, and so you've been ten years, I guess, or nine and a half, nine years cancer free, and uh, yeah, no, I have now. It's yeah, it's been almost ten years, or it's been ten years, um, cancer free. You know, knock on wood. I yep. have pretty good prognosis. So, yeah, that was a good feeling, and a you know. Like I said, it's complicated because sometimes it's like, well, you know, did my brother in a weird, convoluted way give his life to save mine? Or, you know, he didn't mm-hmm. obviously intentionally do that. But like, right. is that the turnout that, you know, if you want to believe that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I, I do believe it because like, it's nice to believe it. And like, it's nice to imagine a world where that is possible. And the fact that I'm like living proof now and have the next generation. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, yeah, that's, 
I wish he was here to see that, but it's the next best thing. Yeah. He's looking down, I guess. And so, and for your parents too. I'm sure yeah. the joy that she brings them is just immeasurable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She so, is. She's very cute. I'm biased, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Grieving Mamas Club podcast. When times get tough, just remember, you're a badass bee and you got this, mama.